Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. The Soul of Business with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to The Soul of Business on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. I am joined on the phone this afternoon by Gautam Banerjee, Chairman of Blackstone Singapore. Gautam, welcome to the show. Thank you, Clarissa, and thank you for inviting me to your show. It is absolutely an honour to have you. We're going to jump right into it. I know your time is valuable. Let's start with corporate giving. Blackstone Singapore, through its charitable foundation, recently made a donation of 837,000 Singapore dollars to the community chest. Could you tell us why this was important to do? Certainly. Uh, The COVID-19 pandemic has had a devastating impact on millions of people around the world, and Singapore has been no exception. Governments, multilateral agencies, civil societies and individuals, particularly health and social workers, have been working tirelessly to protect lives and livelihoods. It is in keeping with this spirit that we at Blackstone Singapore, together with the Blackstone Charitable Foundation, have raised this amount of money, uh, $837,000, to help those in Singapore who are most impacted by this pandemic. This donation made through the Community Chest of Singapore will go towards uplifting the lives of social service users, including low-income families, foreign workers, senior citizens, and individuals with mental health conditions who have experienced challenges on multiple fronts during this uh, difficult period. You know, Teresa, we have a small office in Singapore, uh, under 60 people. But what was really heartening is that almost everyone in the office uh, felt they needed to contribute to this uh, fundraising effort. And that's been very heartening. How did they contribute? Was it through money or through doing? So, so this particular effort, because we, you know, we are such a small group of people here, this particular um, effort was actually giving um, money. Uh, we uh, set up a, um, uh, with the community chest, a account with, uh, the, with the organization and individuals just paid directly to the community chest so that you know, they didn't have to uh, pay to someone in Blackstone. They could, it was in confidence. Uh, they didn't have to feel um, that you know, they, uh, what they were doing was being noted by others in the firm. So it was a very um, uh, easy and uh, subtle way of doing it. But having said that, I mean, there have been many other initiatives we have been involved in in Singapore where we have actually given our time and contributed to um, uh, to uh, social service organizations. Um, uh, one of them that comes to mind is our annual day of uh, giving back to society. With the last several years, we've been doing that with the Singapore Center for Social Enterprise, where many of our uh, staff who uh, work with portfolio companies, companies that Blackstone have invested in, they uh, go over and spend a day with social enterprises, helping them to manage their businesses better, giving them advice on uh, operations, on IT, on finance. So uh, we felt that uh, you know, for this particular occasion, um, I think money is always needed. And because we donated the money through the community chest, the government then uh, also contributes. So these four charities will each have over $250,000 which uh, for the charities involved is a substantial amount of money in their annual income. I think that's, that's a lovely story and I'm glad we led with it. Blackstone is a global company and you were, you were explaining to me how there is a real sense, a real, uh, not urgency, but an importance placed on giving. Could you tell us more about the work the foundation 
has done, particularly through this challenging time. Yes, you know, the Blackstone Charitable Foundation was established in 2007 to leverage our scale, resources, network and intellectual capital to empower entrepreneurs, create an environment where careers can flourish and support the communities in which we live and work. Uh, The firm, our employees and our portfolio companies are all supporting various relief efforts around the world. Uh, Just to give you a few examples, in in the U.S., uh, we made a 15 million donation um, to help New York State. 10 million went to the anchor donation to the New York State COVID-19 First Responders Fund. Mm -hmm. Further 5 million went to organizations orchestrating food delivery to healthcare workers, first responders, as well as others supporting vulnerable populations in New York City. Also in the U.S., um, one of our uh, portfolio companies in real estate, uh, which um, owns the largest rental apartment complex in the U.S., has a good neighbor program where more than 1,500 people have volunteered to help at-risk residents shop and run errands. In the U.K., um, one of our portfolio companies uh, is NEC Birmingham. You might know that. There's a big exhibition center in, in the U.K., a lot of space, so we offered some of this space rent-free as the location of a new temporary hospital for treating coronavirus patients. Also in the UK, um, Arch Company, uh, another real estate investment of ours, they own the railway Arch properties in the UK. They announced a hardship fund of $10 million for um, uh, independent small businesses severely impacted by COVID-19 uh, to fund three months free rent for tenants in need. Uh, Nearer to home in Asia, uh, Blackstone India, together with our portfolio companies, um, have helped in multiple ways. Uh, When I use this term portfolio companies, it means the companies that Blackstone has invested in, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So our efforts in India include 2 million donations to organizations responding to COVID-19, 200,000 masks and hand sanitizers distributed to medical and essential professionals, Million Meals Initiative to provide 5 million meals to underprivileged families, Contribution to the government relief funds. Um, uh, we uh, there's so many of these things going on in India because we have a large presence in India with many portfolio companies. I like this one and uh, the um, Embassy Office Park, which is a big real estate um, uh, organization uh, in which we have an interest. Um, they installed um, 24 by 7 hydration and sanitation stations across four cities: Bangalore, Mumbai, Noida, Pune, equipped with drinking water, snacks, coffee, and tea, first aid kits, toilets, etc. So, you know, a lot of work uh, in India, of course, as you know now in India, the, the problem has uh, really um, become quite um, uh, significant, uh, lots of new cases. So everyone as a big investor in India, we felt we needed to do our part. In Hong Kong, uh, the Hong Kong office has donated masks to local secondary schools. In Australia, uh, we've launched um, a campaign in support of Good360, uh, raising over $52,000 in one month. And so the list continues. So there's a lot of work that we are doing. Um, uh, through the charity, through portfolio companies, and as Blackstone employees, uh, So that's that's a lot of work, and you you oversee quite a bit of it in your role. Now you have been the chairman of Blackstone for seven years, but you've had a much longer career than that, a very respected career in which you've always placed an importance on CSR endeavors, volunteerism, giving back. You are the chairman of Raise, the Center for Social Enterprise in Singapore. And you do a lot of other work like that in in similar capacities. So this becomes a very important question for me, being the mother of young gentlemen who are going to be out in the world. When does the giving start? You know, a lot of people look at someone like you and go, but you've made it. You are at the very pinnacle of your career. 
they are trying to establish themselves. But when did you start? When is it important to start the giving and the giving back? This is a question that I'm often asked. So uh, (laughs) I'm very happy to answer it because it is actually a very important question. So, you know, I feel that engagement with the wider community should start as early as possible. In fact, these days, schools and colleges include community service in their curriculum. So it is only natural that this should continue when one starts working. Why stop suddenly? You know, we live in an increasingly unequal world, and it is important for every individual to help the less fortunate, not only when you reach the peak of your career, but throughout your life's journey. While we all have uh, our own families, we must remember that the community is our extended family. In my own case, I found that getting involved with the social sector and not-for-profit organizations helped me deal with situations and problems quite different from those that I encountered in my day job. It also gave me an opportunity to meet and work with individuals from diverse backgrounds and skills. People I probably would not have met in my normal uh, course of work, um, thereby increasing my network of friends and colleagues, for which I'm really very grateful. It was also an excellent opportunity to develop my managerial skills and also deepen my understanding of social and community issues. I feel these experiences have helped me grow as an individual, being able to strengthen bonds within the community uh, by providing assistance in a variety of ways has also been very fulfilling. So my advice to young professionals, and I say this to my uh, two children who are uh, up-and-coming professionals, that you know you need to find opportunities to step outside your comfort zone all the time, and as early as possible, because it will actually help you in your career, and it will also help you understand society and get a much more and be much more fulfilling. So embrace the wider community and make a positive impact on society. The benefits will surely flow into your day job, and you will find fulfillment too. We're speaking with Gautam Banerjee, chairman of Blackstone Singapore. It is impossible for me to have you on the show without trying to tap into your insights about business and finance. How do you think businesses, especially SMEs, how do they continue to be resilient to weather through this current crisis that they're facing? Well, I think this is um, uh, a very difficult situation for everyone. You know, whether you are a large business or a small, a small business, um, the, uh, the crisis of a, is of a magnitude that everyone's affected. And I think there's no easy answer, really. Um, uh, but I would go down to the, um, you know, to the sort of fundamentals. When you have a business in a crisis, you need to have staying power. You need to be around, you know, to fight another day. And you need to be adaptable and nimble. And the most important ingredient you need to stay in business is liquidity. Cash is king, as the saying goes, and it's never more relevant when you are in a crisis of this nature. Uh, cash becomes scarce when there's a steep drop in demand, revenue dries up, expenses like salaries and rent still have to be paid. Worse still, financial institutions become very risk averse and are reluctant to lend, particularly to SMEs. Nevertheless, the need of the R is for businesses to, um, is to ensure that they have enough liquidity to stay the course. How does one do this? Uh, as a private, um, in the midst of a crisis, you know, you have to turn to your shareholders. If you have shareholders with deep pockets, great. Or you have to go to capital markets. That that's why you've seen some fundraising, bond issues, rights issues. Again, that also becomes difficult. So, you know, you need to do this early rather than later. Uh, you have to then sometimes look at alternative markets, such as private equity, or make use of the various government funding schemes for corporates. It is important for businesses to shore up their liquidity situation as early as possible because the longer you wait, the more difficult difficult it will be to find uh, fresh liquidity. I think we are lucky in Singapore uh, uh, in so many ways because the government has um, been um, helping. They, first of all, with the, uh, the jobs uh, support, uh, uh, they, they've helped um, underwrite the cost of 
keeping people employed. Uh, so companies uh, uh, have had help there. They don't have do not have to retrench people as much as perhaps without uh, without the job support they would have had to do. Um, and there's a lot of uh, ways that uh, the government is also helping companies adapt to this crisis and the new normal. So once the company has enough liquidity to stay the course, then it has to look at its business model and make the necessary changes to operate profitably in the new normal. To succeed, companies will need to be, uh, as I said, adaptable and nimble. I know this is easier said than done. And unfortunately, not all businesses will be able to stay the course. So you will see more mergers and takeovers and will definitely bankruptcies. But as a community, we need to do our very best to help keep these at a minimum and, and also to look after individuals adversely impacted by the crisis. So you're saying there's going to have to be some soul-searching with these business owners? Yeah, I think so. And uh, I think if you see what um, you know, is coming out also from uh, our leaders, that uh, we may not be able to save every company, but we must save uh, and help every individual. I think that's probably the right message because um, in a crisis like this, there is a new normal that emerges. Uh, some businesses will have to just either change uh, and embrace new technology, new ways of doing things, and those who can't will probably have to um, just fold up. And, uh, you know, that is the way it is. You know, it's the sort of uh, way businesses develop and uh, get stronger and, and uh, new models emerge. But we, we have to make sure that no individual is left behind to walk alone, as, uh, as is being said by many of our leaders. Right. OK. Now, you did bring up private equity. You are a private equity business. What? How much of a role do you think private equity is going to play in supporting high-growth businesses like e-commerce, like fintech and medtechs? Well, I think uh, in a situation like, uh, like this, private uh, equity has a role to play. And will become, I think it will become increasingly important in today's environment, from helping to rescue companies um, to supporting fast-growing sectors, including logistics, healthcare, and education. For example, in logistics, I want to give you some examples of Blackstone here, is what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in, in logistics, private capital can help companies meet the growing demand for e-commerce and build large-scale logistics facilities, warehouses, and technologies. In healthcare, private capital will accelerate the testing, therapies, and vaccines to respond to healthcare challenges. And for, uh, for example, in this space, I can give you an example that we have in the firm, the Blackstone Life Sciences Platform. We provide capital and operational, clinical and regulatory expertise to help late stage candidates enjoy the best likelihood of success as they move through the clinic to commercialization. So private equity um, brings in capital and uh, on that score, we have about $150 billion to invest. That's a lot of money that we can um, draw on. But it's not only the money. We have you know, the operations expertise, we have financial expertise to help companies navigate through the, this crisis. Talking about navigation, sustainability has become something that a lot of investors, small investors, large investors, institutional investors are looking at. For a smaller investor, they may not necessarily understand sustainability considerations as an investment. What are your thoughts on investing in sustainability? Well, I think the COVID pandemic has made it very clear that corporates need to give sustainability issues as much importance as profitability and shareholder return. You can be the most efficient and well-run business, but if there is a global health crisis which results in lockdowns around the world, preventing people from traveling and going about their daily activities, then sooner or later your business will suffer, as we have seen. I mean, good businesses are uh, really struggling. So the message is clear. Corporate profitability must coexist harmoniously with corporate purpose. Companies must recognize they have a responsibility for the well-being and sustainability of the people that work for them, the communities they operate in, 
and the surrounding environment. It is therefore not surprising that countries that have significant inequality resulting in urban slums, inadequate public health care and welfare systems have had to struggle harder to tackle the lives versus livelihood dilemma during this global pandemic. Governments alone cannot tackle the many sustainability challenges that we face. Companies need to work alongside governments and civil society to tackle issues such as inequality and climate change and make our communities more livable. In Blackstone, the environment, social and governance principles, ESG, are part of our DNA and woven into the fabric of how we invest and operate businesses. We know that ESG policies and practices, when executed properly, can improve the financial performance of our portfolio companies and better position them for long-term, long-term sustainable growth and strengthen communities. So, you know, it's really um, something where you get into um, for all the right reasons, but you then also benefit in your core business. A little bit like giving when you get involved with the community and um, get involved with CSR activities. It's sort of one-way street. You also benefit. We've been speaking with Gautam Banerjee, chairman of Blackstone Singapore. I know you have to go on to another meeting. We appreciate very much the time that you've given us on the show today. Thank you very much, uh, Clarissa. Thank you. Pleasure speaking to you. It's a pleasure speaking to you. I'm Clarissa Montero. This is the Soul of Business on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.